Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Well, I'm excited today because we're going to begin a brand new sermon series together that will build up to Easter. And this sermon series is following on from our Vision Sunday. And this series is called When the Church Prays. You know, I really believe that this is a fresh start for us as a church and we're going to build on the foundation of prayer. But you know, there is some exciting things that happen when the church really begins to pray. And we're going to look at that over the next couple of weeks. And I'm not talking about when the church just says some nice little prayers or when we come together and say a few nice little prayers or read some prayers off a sheet because that's not powerful praying. But I believe that when the people of God come together, with open hearts, with surrendered hearts, with expectant hearts, then God comes and God moves in powerful and miraculous ways. You know, I'm so glad that when we pray, when the church comes together to pray, God responds. You know, I want you to be encouraged with that, even from the outset, that our God responds to prayer. He's a God who hears prayer, but he also answers prayer as well. You know, I've seen this in my own life. When I've called upon him, when I've turned to him, when I've sought his face, God comes and moves in miraculous ways. We've seen it as a church family. We've seen God perform miracle after miracle. I'm sure there are many people in our church who can testify of this as well. Right the way throughout church history as well, we see that when the people of God come together to pray, powerful things happen. Listen to what it says in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Or as other translations say, that when the, f- the fervent and passionate praise of a person living right with God, it is powerful and something to be reckoned with. I love that. That when the people of God pray, when somebody who loves God, who is called by God, who is saved, when they begin to pray and they're in right living with God, then powerful things happen. There's a force to be reckoned with. And I think that, that a praying church is a force to be reckoned with. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at what happens when the church really prays because that's my heart for us as a church that we would come together and pray and believe for God to do great things and I believe that God will do great things when we call upon his name. So what are some of the things that God does when the people of God pray? Well today we're going to look at that first thing, the first thing that happens when the people of God pray and that is when the people of God pray the church is changed. When the church begins to pray the church is changed. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 14. It says they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. I love hearing different Christian quotes and and catchphrases. I don't know about you but I love hearing them and I often use some in my preaching on times. and, And they've become very popular in recent times. You know, you see many people with some well-known catchphrases and Christian catchphrases on T-shirts. They're on, you know, maybe on cars. Maybe they have them as screensavers on their phones. Maybe you do. Maybe you have it as your your channel art on your Facebook page or your Instagram profile, whatever it is. But, you know, there are many great quotes out there. For example, if I said today, God is good all the time and all the time, fill out the rest of that, put it in the comments on whatever platform you're watching this on. But, you know, that catchphrase, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. These are well-known Christian quotes with so much truth in them. There is so much power in these, in these quotes. 
And there's another one as well. There's another catchphrase there that I've often used and we've used within our church. And that is prayer changes things. And there is truth in that. You know, there is, it's not just a great quote that we can use, but there is truth in that. That prayer actually changes things. There is power in prayer. I've seen it within my own life. There are many people within our church who could testify to that as well. That prayer changes things. God moves when we pray. God responds to our prayers. Circumstances and situations change when we pray. But you know, something else I found is in my own personal walk with the Lord, not only does God change circumstances and situations when we pray, not only does prayer change things, but I've noticed that prayer changes people. God uses prayer to change us and also to change other people as well. Prayer changes the people we're praying for, but also it changes you and me as well. God moves in our lives. He molds our hearts. He melts our hearts often. He softens us. He, he speaks to us. God changes us in the place of prayer. When we come before him with open hearts, surrendered hearts, and bring our requests and our needs before him. He changes us to become more and more like his son, more and more like Jesus. That's what he wants within our lives, to be, go from glory to glory, to become more and more like Jesus. And he does that in the place of prayer. And when we read God's word, he changes us and molds our lives. But not only does God do that when we pray individually, but also corporately as well. When we come together as the people of God, when we come together as the family of God and pray, God changes us together as well. He changes us collectively. We see this in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see that they are the events following the death resurrection and the ascension of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 1 we read about the disciples who were now in Jerusalem. They had listened to the uh, command of Jesus before he ascended into heaven where Jesus said go to Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And so the disciples they were waiting after Jesus had rose again and he ascended into heaven. They went to Jerusalem to wait for this promise to come to pass. But actually, the disciples, they didn't just, you know, carry on with their everyday lives. But the Bible tells us they were hiding away in this upper room. There's about 120 of them. And the reason they were hiding away was because they were afraid of persecution. These were the disciples of Jesus, the followers of Jesus. And they were afraid of what might happen to them now that Jesus had gone. They had seen what happened with their Lord and Saviour, how Jesus was crucified, how he was nailed to the cross. But also the fact that Jesus was alive. But they were still afraid that, that they would face persecution as well. So they were hiding away in this upper room. I'm sure also the disciples were, were afraid of the future as well. You know, they had given up their whole lives. They left everything behind to follow Jesus. De Jesus set their, their daily schedule every single day. They knew exactly where they were going because they were just following Jesus. They would go from town to town. But now Jesus was gone. He, was, see, he has ascended into heaven. So now what were they going to do? Their future looked uncertain and not only that can you imagine the the fear and the the stress and the tiredness after all that had taken place the emotional roller coaster they had been on the worries the fears i'm sure their hearts were were totally overwhelmed their emotions were totally overwhelmed because of what had taken place in the previous weeks the disciples i'm sure were afraid they were weak and they were scared and they were hiding away in this upper room you know they were unsure about what was going to happen and, you know, maybe you're watching this today and maybe you, you feel a little bit like that, you know, especially after all that, our, all that we've gone through this past year and we're still going through right now, even in this lockdown again. You know, maybe you feel like your emotions over this last year and a half, two years, it's just been like a roller coaster. 
Maybe you've, you were feeling afraid. Maybe you're feeling weak. Maybe you feel afraid about the future. Maybe you feel persecuted. Maybe you feel like the enemy surrounding you. Maybe you feel gripped with fear, just like the disciples did as well. So what were the disciples going to do? And what can we do when we feel like that? Maybe we feel like that as a church, just tired and worn out and, and don't know what to do, uncertain about the future. What did the disciples do? And what can we do when we feel like that? Well, in this moment, we see that the disciples they decided to obey the word of God and they began to pray. They obeyed the instructions of Jesus and they began praying. And really, that's all that they could do. They didn't know what else to do. So they just met together in that upper room. They waited and they began to pray and call upon the Lord. You know, they decided to fix their focus on the only certain and sure and strong thing that they could. They fixed their focus on Jesus. And it's the same for you and me as well. When we're facing the storms of life, when life is like a roller coaster, I want to encourage you to fix your focus on the sure foundation, on the solid rocks, uh, on the solid rock, on the unmovable one. Fix your eyes on Jesus today because he is the certain one, the sure one who we know holds our lives in his hands. And so they began to fix their focus on the Lord. They began to pray and call upon the Lord. They began to sing psalms and they began to fix their eyes on God. And then we read this incredible thing that takes place in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. It says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The church obeys the words of Jesus. God responds mightily in response to their prayers. Then we see the promise of God come to pass and all of them are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the flames of fire, tongues of fire settled on each of them. You know, that, that picture of fire is a sign of, of purification, that that fire was going to burn up all that dross, everything that had come within their lives. It was burning that up. But also that fire was a sign of power as well. God was empowering them for the next stage within their lives. God was empowering them for what was going to come. And what's amazing, what I love about that is that the tongues of fire sat on every single one of them. It wasn't just on the 12 disciples. It wasn't just on the apostles. It was on all the 120 of them. Every single one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all empowered. You know, that's a reminder for you and me today as well, that God is just looking for available people. He doesn't just anoint those who have status, who have titles, but God looks to empower each and every one of us. God calls each and every one of us to the work of the ministry. It's not just the role of a leader or the pastor. God's calling you. God wants to equip you to reach your world, to reach your sphere of influence. No one missed out on that day. I love the fact that it says they, that all of them began to speak in this new language. They began to speak in other tongues, this beautiful prayer language where they could pray to God. But also as they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues, it was a mark, it was a sign that they were to go and reach all of the world. And so are you and I today. That is our mission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's another sign of the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, is that we would go out to all the world and make Jesus known. And then I love what happens next. The Bible tells us that they were all filled. 
and people who didn't know Jesus, all those people who were in Jerusalem at that time who had traveled for the day of, to celebrate the Passover, to celebrate Pentecost, they had all come together for this celebration. And then we see something incredible taking place. They all draw to this place. They heard the sound of God. They were wondering what was going on. There was over 3,000 people. And then we see that all different tribes, all different backgrounds. And I love what happens next. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 14 to 21, it says, Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you were assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servant men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is incredible because it's in this moment, Peter, the one who had run away, the one who had denied Jesus three, three times, the one who had denied his Lord and given up on his Lord and failed his Lord in his most crucial hour. This failure, Peter, he was now a different person. He had been changed. The Holy Spirit had empowered him. Yes, he had met with the resurrected Jesus on the beach. Jesus had met with him there and he restored him there. But now we see this guy who had run away. He now stepped forward. He didn't run back, but he stepped forward and he stepped forward in the power of God. And he gets up in front of this whole crowd and begins to preach, preach with this incredible authority, preach under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God does incredible things. But, you know, it wasn't only Peter who was changed. The 120, they were all filled with this boldness. The church was completely changed. The church wasn't hiding away in this upper room anymore. But yet they were going out in the power of the Spirit, preaching about Jesus. That's what happens when the church prays. When the church prays, God responds. His power comes to fill his people and the people go out in boldness and make Jesus known. That's what happens when the people pray. When the church prayed, the church changes forever. And you know, over the next couple of weeks in this series, we're going to look at some of the other incredible things that happens when the church begins to pray. But as we come to a conclusion today, I believe that God wants to remind us and God wants to tell us today that the first thing that happens when the church prays is that the church is changed. Listen to this quote by A.W. Tozer, the famous great preacher, man of God. He said this, a scared world needs a fearless church. Our world is a scared world right now and it needs a fearless church. Our world doesn't need just to see another religion or just to see a people who just obey it, you know, going with the traditions, going with the flow. Our world doesn't even need to try to see a church that looks exactly like this world. That's not what this world needs. But our world needs to see the real church of Jesus Christ. They need to see the people of God who love God who love God with all of their hearts, who are sold out for God, who are on fire for God, who weren't ashamed of God. You know, I love what Leonard Ravenhill once said. He said this, the world doesn't need a new definition of Christianity. It's waiting for a new demonstration of Christianity. 
Our world needs that. It needs to see the church awakened once again, to see the church who we really call to be, this, this church that is on fire for Jesus, making Jesus known, that loves Jesus, that is loving people. That's what this world needs to see. Our world needs to see that. Church that's walking with the Lord, church that is full of the Holy Spirit, a church that is preaching and boldly declaring the gospel of our Lord and Saviour. You know, if we want to see our lives changed, if we want to see our church changed, if we want to see our homes changed, society changed, our nation changed, then we're going to need to pray. Because when we pray, the church is changed. I pray that God would change us as a church, that we would, wouldn't be just a, a church that goes through the motions, but we would be a church that know, knows the presence of God, a church that is so in love with Jesus, a church that is constantly dependent upon Jesus, a church where the Holy Spirit is moving in and through, a church where lives are being transformed, where people are finding Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, a church that is raising up people to step into all that God has for them, a church that is planting other churches. That is the church that I believe God is looking for, a church that is advancing and a church that will bring glory and honour to its head, to Jesus Christ. You know, when the church prays, church is changed and we'll see God move in incredible ways. So Gateway Church Camry, it's time for us to pray. And when we, change, when we pray, we'll see the church changed and Jesus glorified. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, Go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk Have a great day.